Pretty Ricky Echiona. Let's give him another hand. And maybe you can resonate with the lyrics of that song. Maybe that's describing where you're at. Or maybe that describes more where you've been. And we often think, you know, I want to talk to God, but I don't know where to start. Or I want to talk to God, but, you know, I don't, I don't know if he wants to hear me. Because of what I've done or what I've been through or the mess I'm currently in. And too many of us turn to substances in order to get rid of life's pressures or to feel some sort of peace. But God is actually inviting us into something real and life-giving. A supernatural peace that we can actually find in the context of prayer. And so we hope you hear clearly today that there is a God... His name is Jesus, and you have his ear. No matter what your life may look like in the past or even in the present, you can communicate with the one who created you. I want to give you a, a, a quick story from a really remarkable season of my life. I had a chance to go on a sabbatical five years ago. After seven years, we get two months off, and actually my next one is this summer, so I'll be speaking a lot for the next several weeks and we have some great guests, including pretty Ricky Echiona this summer that you'll get to hear from. But in the summer of 2018, my goal was to go without the internet for six of the eight weeks that I was off. I was going to pretend like it was 1992. No cell phones, no texting, no internet, no Wi-Fi, no emails. I even printed out maps for the two trips I had to go to Washington, D.C. and to Wisconsin. And I decided I'm only going to watch TV when my wife wants to watch it, which I discovered is not very often. <laughs> and I have to admit, though, it was really hard to get off the Internet. I had gotten down to inbox zero. Have you ever gotten inbox zero? It's like such a, an incredible feeling. And so I got in there, and so every day I thought, you know what, I'm just going to get on for a couple minutes and just delete everything. And so I did that for several days. And Sulinda had promised during the summer to check my email. And... After a few days, I got this email in my inbox from her. It said this, you have got to stop checking your email. And then she says politely, Eric, respectfully, I will change your email password if you don't stop checking your email. We are fine. Let us spread our little wings and fly. You can't teach us about resting if you're not resting. Now, I have to be honest. Even as I reread that, I still get filled with... <laughs> You can't change my email password to my inbox. That is not okay. And in that moment, I had to work through the 12 steps, probably 12 times, before I finally responded with just a simple thank you. Because she was right. I was missing. I was squandering an opportunity to stay offline. And so instead of six weeks, it ended up being just five weeks because of that one week of cheating. But here's what happened. Without touching my phone, I could pray. I could think. I could observe. I could reflect. I could read. 
But so many times I'd be in an airport or in a store and I was the only human being not looking at a phone. It was remarkable and sometimes lonely. But the other thing that began to happen is I also had worries and anxieties that would creep up to the surface. Do you know that on average we grab our phone 80 times a day? That's once every 12 minutes. And some of us who use it a lot, the top 10% of those of us who use our phones, click, tap, or swipe 5,500 times a day. And on average, the rest of us are only 2,600 times a day. But in the midst of the silence was something that I didn't expect. See, after 20 years of full-time ministry, I mean, I started with a pager. And then I got a mobile phone, and then those phones got better and better to where they, there were now games and there was other distractions. And instead of just being available for other people's emergencies, now I was being distracted. And without the phone, the silence was deafening. This external silence gave an amplifier to the voices inside my head. I felt more anxious. My mind was wandering towards dark thoughts. I didn't realize until then how I had been using my phone to just kind of maintain some sort of superficial level of life so as not to let my mind go so dark. Just thoughts, guilt, shame, anger, regret, condemnation, fear of the future. I could no longer get away from those thoughts by checking my email or sending a text or playing a game or reading the news. But in the midst of that deafening silence, I experienced a voice that seemed to silence all the others. Just this that came to my mind. Be still and know that I am God. It's a verse I'd memorized, but it was like God had just put it right back at the top. It seemed to make all the other voices in my head disappear. This was not an audible voice. It was something deep within me, but it wasn't me at all. And that's when I, I kind of wrestle, and I don't know if you do as well, but God, why would you speak to me? I mean, the creator of the universe has a lot of other things to deal with. Why would he worry about me and my anxious thoughts? And then I started to wonder, if God is so eager to speak to me, even in this moment, how much have I been missing from not slowing down? And I can tell you over those five weeks, it kept happening over and over. God would speak to me in miraculous ways. Now, the primary way that I try to hear from God is I, is I read the scriptures and I pray while I'm reading and then I write down what I'm learning in my journal. And for me, journaling is a great way to pray. It helps me stay focused I also go on prayer walks with headphones, so it looks like I'm talking on the phone. And, uh, but for me, walking or, or journaling has just been really a good way to, to be more prayerful. I just, when I kneel at the side of the bed, I just end up sleeping at the side of the bed, and that's not the goal. Before reading the Bible, though, I would just pray, God, show me who you want me to be and show me who you are. And I... I pulled up my journals and wrote down on that day, one of the, the biggest fears that kept coming to my mind, this dark thought, was the fear of losing my family. And so I wrote these words down in my journal. 
God, forgive me for my superstitious tendency to fear surrendering my family to you. Forgive me for assuming closeness to you only comes through suffering. Instead, may I pursue you with intensity and intentionality because I want you and not because I need you, though I do. And so I put my journal away and then I started to read. And I just picked up where I'd left off before. And it was like literally God answering that prayer instantaneously. It said this, Psalm 144, verse 11, Rescue me and save me from the grasp of these enemies who speak only lies. The lies in my head. May our sons be like healthy plants as they grow and mature. May our daughters be like corner pillars that decorate a palace. Of all the passages, it's mentioning sons and daughters. I'm worried about my son and my daughter. And I'm worried about our finances. And the next verse says, May our storehouses be full with abundant supplies of every crop. Blessed are the people for whom all this is true. Blessed are the people whose God is the eternal creator. It was exactly what I needed in that moment. And this kept happening to me over and over and over. And it's happened to me throughout my life when I create the space to hear from God. See, but that's the catch, isn't it? Creating that space. Here's what's remarkable. These, little, these almost became like little treasure hunts every day to discover what God was going to say to me. And I wish I could say I've maintained that since then, at the same clip, every day, there's something miraculous that happens. It's remarkable how busy we can get. But I wonder if you realize this is what God wants for you. That he has a desire for you to come to him, to let him guide you into the adventures he has for your life. And if we're really honest, I bet that we deal with this Questions sometimes. We see our lives through our own broken lenses, our failures, our fears, our addictions, and all the times we've said, I'm never going to do that again, and we do. Every time we promised, I'm going to change, but we don't. We just go back to wondering, God, why would you speak to me? Or maybe you're here and you've had unanswered prayers in your life, and that's what keeps you from going back to Him. You've been begging God to help heal your marriage or help you find someone to marry. Maybe you've struggled with infertility or there's someone you care for and love who's ill or sick and it seems like the suffering continues. Or maybe in a broader sense, you look around at the world and see all the injustice and the violence in our world and you wonder why isn't God intervening and maybe you've even shifted to blame him for what's happening. And so your question is more, God, why should I speak to you? I mean, why pray? What's the point? See, when we go through life, if we're honest, there are amazing mountaintop experiences, but there are also seasons of utter darkness. And we can have questions that mess with our minds in the midst of these different seasons of life. These are some of the questions that I've dealt with. Maybe you've dealt with them too. Trusting God. What if I have questions and doubts about God? And what if I'm struggling with trusting him? What's the point of praying when I'm not even sure I can trust God? Or, or trusting yourself? What about all the times I've failed God before? Not to mention all the times I will surely fail him again. Would God really want to hear from me? I believe it's important to understand that's a tension that we all live in. That's what's beautiful about being a part of a community like Gateway. 
Because wherever you are on your journey with God, there's a place for you. You're joining into a community of misfits just like you. We all have questions and doubts and skepticism. And even if you're in a great place with God, there's still moments where we're not quite sure. But we hear the word prayer and we may be listening to that word and hearing it differently. For some of us, it, it seems silly. It's like speaking into the wind up to some invisible force. Or maybe you grew up in a more religious context, and for you, it's almost like something you have to do in order to appease some sort of angry, disgruntled God. But the truth is so much better. It's not about checking the boxes. It's an invitation into two-way communication with God, the creator of the universe. Through prayer, there's an adventurous relationship that we can step into. And so if you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear this. Prayer is simply communicating with a loving God who desires to speak to you and loves to hear from you. So we're going to look at an example from the scriptures. It's an amazing story of God and a man named Abram. And we can learn about God's character and about trusting him. We can find our place in this story as well. First, a little context, because Abram starts his stories very early in the scriptures. And the scriptures begin with the story of God creating Adam and Eve, and in the freedom that he gives them, they choose to go their own way. We know it as the fall of humanity, and then we see what happens when sin enters the world as one of their sons kills the other son, or as things get so terrible and and wicked on the planet that there's a flood that cleanses the world in Genesis 6. And in Genesis 11, there's the Tower of Babel, a moment where humanity is trying to invoke God to do their bidding like a genie in a bottle. And so God scatters them, changing their languages. Each rebellion, however, whether it's coming from spiritual forces or created by the evil of humanity, God starts over. Now, I want you to consider in this moment, just thousands of years ago, this man Abram has no knowledge of Yahweh, the Hebrew God. He didn't grow up in synagogue, so to speak. He didn't have any familiarity with God, and yet God calls him anyway. It should bring us a great deal of comfort to know that God is always willing to start over, even with us. So we meet Abram in Genesis 11, and we don't really know much about him. We know that he's from the land of Ur, which is probably Babylon. He's probably following other gods of his family and his culture. We know that Abram and his wife Sarah were barren. They had no children. And then listen to these words of hope and promise in Genesis chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. God came to Abram and, and came to him in his native country and tells him, I want you to leave everything and I want you to go to a land that I will show you later. I don't know about you, but do you like uncertainty? Do you like invitations? I'm not telling you where you're going, just come with me. I don't know if any of us do. But, but he gives him a promise. The reason I'm calling you is I have 
something planned for you. I'm going to, through you, make a great nation, and out of your descendants will, become, will come one who will be a blessing to all peoples of the world. Now remember, this is, this is a voice that he is unfamiliar with up to that point. He basically looks at his caller ID and sees unknown, but he still decides to pick it up. And rather than hang up, he actually listens, and not only that, he obeys. Now, in that last week of my sabbatical, I was allowed to use my phone again, and so I sent a very urgent text to Ricky. I, I needed him to know something. Before I got back, it, it was urgent, and he responded with, who dis? <laughs> not who is this, who dis? Once again, I had to work through the steps, take through. Like, this is important. But see, Abram is living in a time and culture where they're worshiping many gods, and that's all Abram has ever known, and yet there's something so compelling about Yahweh's voice, about God's voice, that he is moved to leave everything and follow him. Sometimes we think this is a voice from the sky, but it actually tells us in Genesis 12, 7, that God would meet Abram in the form of a person. This is called a theophany, speaking to him face to face. And we see some of these moments throughout the Hebrew scriptures where God shows up. See, prayer invites us into this kind of fellowship, and it's important to understand this. When we pray or we take time in the silence to hear from God, we're not just whispering in the wind and hoping that God gets the message. As our friend Tara Browder says, prayer isn't leaving a voicemail on God's answering machine. And for those of you under 25, God doesn't leave you on red <laughs> or screen your call. See, when you pray, the God of the universe pulls up a chair next to you. He loves to hear from his daughter, his son. He meets with you face to face. You may not be able to see him, but he's in the passenger seat of your car. He's at the kitchen table. He's at the doctor's appointment. He's at the school. He's with you. And there may be some tension or even frustration because God has made these promises to Abram, but Abram still doesn't have any kids. And so look what happens in Genesis chapter 15. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But here's where the tension bubbles over. And Abram says, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will now be my heir. Maybe you found yourself in conversations with God like this. Look, God, I felt like you promised me something, but it doesn't seem to be you're aware of the gravity of this situation. Abram's saying, look, I've trusted you, I've been following you, but what you promised has not yet happened. We still don't have kids. In Genesis 15, then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir. The son is who your own flesh and blood will be your heir. God took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if you indeed can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. 
I want you to think about that for a moment. Could you imagine walking out of the tent and there's no light pollution? You're in the middle of nowhere. Electricity has not been invented. Can you imagine how many stars he must have seen? There's a couple really important things going on here. First, we're told that Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him his righteousness. It doesn't say that Abram believed in God but that he believed him. In other words, he trusted him. See, too many of us might believe in God, but we're not trusting him. We're not following him. See, Abram trusted him and the promises that he had. He ended up basing his entire life around these promises. And Abram still had questions and doubts. So you may be thinking, well, which one is it? Did he trust him or did he have doubts? A lot of us grew up in traditions that taught us trusting God means moving forward, no questions asked. You see, the scriptures invite us into something more vibrant, a real relationship where you can be honest with God. Just read the Psalms. David, who wrote most of the Psalms, is often complaining to God about what's going on. He's weeping, he's asking and begging for help, but he will always end his Psalms with, but even still, I will trust you. See, we can take all of our anxieties, all of our fears, all of our frustrations and doubts, and we can hand them over to God. The best analogy of this I've seen in a film comes from 1994's Forrest Gump. I have been amazed at how many 25-year-olds or younger have seen that movie, so that's been helpful. But Lieutenant Dan is angry with God. He's lost his legs. And there's a moment where he's at the top of the ship and a giant storm has come and he is yelling at God. And then later, Forrest, in his own little Forrest way, says, I think that he came to peace with God that day. See, you can be honest with God with whatever you're feeling, whatever you're going through. It's a relationship he invites us into. And see, trusting God means moving forward with our questions and with our doubts. It means moving forward without having all the answers, without having all the information. See, the opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is sight. With all of his questions and doubts, Abram believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. He was rescued. He was in right relationship with God. And so God changes his name from Abram to Abraham, father of many. And everything that God promised came to pass. Eventually, he did have a son. There's this terrible detour he took on the way to getting there. But a great nation came, many descendants. And centuries later, a man was born through whom all peoples of the world are blessed. And his name is Jesus. See, prayer invites us into a life of adventure. And sustains us in peace. See, prayer invites us into the reality that God has before us. A reality beyond our doubts. Beyond what we can see. Beyond what we can deem possible. Abraham is thinking, I need to see my son. And God is thinking of every nation and every generation for all of human history. See, you and I get stuck thinking our words may not be working because we're simply looking for X to happen. But God is thinking about X to the 100th power we will never see what he sees without stepping into the adventure and beauty that is prayer prayer is simply communicating with a loving God who desires to speak to you and loves to hear from you one of my favorite quotes 
is from Tim Keller. He says this, God answers our prayers the way we would if we knew what God knows. See, people often highlight the faith and courage of Abraham, or we look at the stories of the disciples, the men and women who started following Jesus, how they just dropped everything. Or maybe there are people in this room whose stories have inspired you. You've seen the transformation in their life. But what all of these stories have in common is that God is the hero of these stories. He's the one who transforms us. And prayer is actually entering into communication with him and learning to hear from him. See, God wants to speak to you and he wants to hear from you. Listen to this, Jeremiah 29. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. See, God desires to speak into your life even if your life feels a lot like that opening song. Or Jeremiah 33, this is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. There's something so compelling about the voice of God. It's not an anxious voice of a telemarketer trying to sell you or scam you. It's the voice of peace trying to transform you. And just like Abraham, prayer invites us to come as we are. Prayer is not, I have to, it's an I get to. Connect with the God who loves me. If you're not sure where to start, you're wondering, do I pray to the universe? Do I pray to crystals, to the saints? Just start by praying to the one who came for you and me. And his name is Jesus. Jesus says this in John 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I want to give you a simple structure to try to use when it comes to prayer. It's an acronym that spells the word ACTS. Just start with adoration, thanking God, praising him for who he is. Then continue with confession, acknowledging the ways that you've done your own thing. Then thanksgiving, thanking him for answers to prayer, thanking him for all the ways you should be grateful about life. And then S, supplication, that's when you begin to ask him for what you think you need. I want to also encourage you to go to our Digging Deeper. I, I want you to try to do that every week, gatewaychurch.com slash digging deeper. But there's a, a practice prayer together that you can use with your family or your roommates or your community group. Now, this is not about manifesting or speaking into existence so the universe can give you your every wish. Prayer is aligning your heart with God's heart. It's knowing that your heavenly Father has time for you, that he's with you through the ups and downs, that he loves you, and has your best interest at heart. Prayer is communicating with a loving God who desires to speak to you and loves to hear from you. Let me give you another couple of quick examples from my sabbatical. There were some supernatural moments that took place. Now, as a parent, I worry about my kids, as we all might tend to do. And I wrote about some of those concerns, and I immediately opened to where I had left off and started reading. And once again, it says, So it will be until God pours out the Spirit from up above and the land comes alive again, desert to fertile field, fertile field to forest, then justice and truth will settle in the desert places and righteousness will infuse the fertile land. 
Then righteousness will yield peace and the quiet and confidence that attend righteousness will be present forever. All that sounds good and then it gets so specific. My people's homes and hometowns will be filled with peace. They'll relax, safe and secure. I could have a home filled with peace. I didn't have to worry. Now, I have to tell you, the word relax is like a threat in my family. It's used as a weapon. Just relax. Since the days of ancient Scotland, Bryants are not known for being able to relax. And yet God was inviting me to do just that, to rest and relax. And then there was this moment where I was driving to... Washington, D.C., after spending a, a couple days with some friends in Richmond, and I, I was using my, my maps, right, the ones I had printed, and I had a big water jug, and I'm drinking, and it's early, and I have to go to the bathroom, and I can't seem to find anything that's open, so I think I'll, I'll find this coffee house. And so I'm driving old school, rolling down the window, and asking people where the coffee house is, and the people are not used to that anymore. They do not like it when you pull up to them in a car and ask them where something is. A few started walking quicker as I was pulling up beside them. But I finally made my way to Ebenezer's, and it was closed. It didn't open until 8 a.m. And then I saw on the little map that I printed, Gallaudet University. Now, Gallaudet, some of my friends that are in our deaf community went to Gallaudet. And so I knew this might be my answer. So I get on campus, and there's baseball games, but there's no bathrooms next to baseball games. So I drive up to the police station, and I knock on the door. Now, in the summer, when I wasn't on the Internet, I did a lot of productive things. I, I read 27 books. 21 of them were books in the Bible. Six were real books. I, I uh, fixed an air conditioner. And then I started going to PT because of how I hurt my back while fix, fixing the air conditioner. <laughs> and I even started learning ASL, American Sign Language. So when I knocked on the door and the police officer comes to the door, I say, I need to go to the bathroom and realize he cannot... Hear me, he's deaf. So I say to him in one of the few phrases I still know to this day, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and he walks me in and I find the bathroom. <laughs> An answer to a very desperate prayer. <laughs> and, and as I drove out, I thought instead of going back the same way, I, I felt prompted to go to the right. And I kind of paused at the top of the hill, and I just prayed, God, what do, you, what do you have for me today? And that's when I had this thought I know was from him. I have so much more for you if you'll just listen, if you'll just have eyes to see. Now, it did not get past me that I was on the university of a deaf campus, and I lost my glasses that weekend. So those were other symbols of what God was trying to show me. So then as I kept driving off the campus, I literally slam on my brakes because to my right is the hotel that Priceline.com had put me in. I didn't choose it. It chose it for me. And without using my maps to find it, God had led me right there. It's on the campus of Gallaudet University, the Kellogg Conference Center and Hotel. Now the band is going to come and play a song for us. But I want to just ask you the question. Are you interested in what God has for you? The adventure that he's inviting you into, the supernatural moments, those moments where it's just a simple, still, 
small voice. See, here's the thing. Many of us may have been raised in a religious environment, and religion tends to perpetuate the idea of doing good things to get God to love us. And that turns us into human doings instead of human beings. But you have to remember, before you ever did a thing for God, He did everything for you. He created you on purpose and for a purpose. He came to walk among us, living a perfect life, teaching with authority, driving away evil, healing illnesses, loving the unlovable. Jesus willingly gave his life, taking upon himself all the mistakes, all the choices that were destructive, all of the evils of humanity, and it killed him. And yet on the third day, he rose from the dead. And Jesus is alive. And his spirit comes to live within us when we surrender our hearts to him. You need to know that you are loved. And he's inviting you into a new relationship. A renewed relationship. A deeper relationship. So as we go into this last song, I want you to be bold enough to pray in your own heart and ask for a chance to start again or ask him to speak to you even now or to reveal himself to you because God is listening. The question is, are we listening to him? Or maybe that for you, this song, these lyrics are your prayer. I want to invite you. Let's stand together and let's sing.